I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Shay Crawford from Brandon All-Stars, and this is Let's Talk Cheer Podcast. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer Podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life. And we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 95. Not sure there's going to be a 96, but thank you for joining another great episode for you guys. Today we have on Shay Crawford, Tumbling Director at Brandon All-Stars. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that Shay is a friend of the show. I reference him a ton and I'm glad that you guys finally get to meet him. If it's your first time here, thank you for checking out the show. We always have a great guest on like Shay or just flat out an interesting conversation. So definitely be sure to subscribe so that you never miss out, so that you never miss out on any future episodes. And if you're on YouTube, definitely be sure to smash that like button. And then also feel free to leave a comment. I'd love a comment. Just say hi or you know your thoughts on the episode, whatever comes to mind, leave a comment, smash the like button. We'd really appreciate it. Shout out to my mother, Sheila, Claire, Sarah, Robin, Adriana, Chanel, Tamara, myself, my not-so-mysterious supporter, Heather Peterson of Flipside, Pablo, representing for all the cheer dads out there, our mate, Michelle, and to the newest supporter, the big homie, Mike. Mike, man, thank you. I really appreciate it. I truly appreciate it, man. I was glad to see your name pop up on that list. If you want to financially support the show, you can do so for as little as 99 cents a month link in the show notes link in the description. And for those looking for the best free way to support the podcast, all you have to do is share the podcast. Send it to a friend, send it to another coach, post it on your social media. And speaking of sharing this on your social media. This is episode 95, which means we're announcing our giveaway winners. Yes, that's right. I said winners with an S. I mentioned them before, but Twist Stars and One Elite All-Stars, you guys have been sharing. You guys have been going above and beyond when it comes to sharing. So we have two winners this month. And as a thank you, 
I appreciate all of the support that you and everyone on your staff have been showing the podcast and their prize for winning is a free coaches training. We'll hop on a Zoom call together and either do one of my pre-planned presentations or we'll just do an open Q&A. Either way, I'm excited to talk with both of these programs. So if you and your program want to be our next month's winners, all you have to do to enter the giveaway is screenshot an episode of the podcast, post that to your Instagram story, and then tag our Instagram in the post. That's it. Share the podcast on your story. Tag the Let's Talk Cheer podcast in the post and you are entered to win. The winners will be announced in episode 100. Super excited for episode 100. Have a special, have a few special guests coming in for that episode. So again, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on that. The more shares, the more entries. Someone is going to win. Why not you? Also, I've also been doing the Slide the Bar giveaway on Instagram. So if you go to our Instagram story, again, Let's Talk to Your Podcast Instagram, if you see those slideable bars on our story, you can slide that bar and you're entered to win a free video review. So again, slide the bar, enter to win a free video review. It, it's, it's too easy, way too easy. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a longtime friend, a longtime listener, longtime supporter, and a second time on the show, Shay Crawford. Shay Crawford, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to have you back this time. You know, everyone knows who listens to the podcast. You know, I always reference you on the show, but oh, yep, Shay, friend of the show. And, um, you know, we had you on for the Coda Points thing, but it wasn't really like you really being on the show, like the way we interview all the other guests. So glad that we get to have you on for real, for real this time. And we're going to, you know, take a little journey down memory lane, see who you are as a person, who you are as a coach, and, um, you know, get talking, man. So you ready to do this? Yeah, man, let's go. Here we go. So let's hop straight into this. Shay, how'd this whole thing start for you? How'd you get into cheerleading? You know, take us from the beginning. Uh, you know, I was I was born into it. Uh, my dad owned a gymnastics gym when I was born, and I grew up in gymnastics. He had women's gymnastics, so um, but of course, I lived in the gym and I was tumbling. And um, he ended up uh, closing his gym and moving to Alabama. He was coaching a high school gymnastics team, and he would work with the cheerleaders on the side. And I'd never really been on a team of any kind. I did some some power tumbling here and there, and you know, I worked everything, and I could tumble. So, uh, got into cheer in high school and, uh, cheered, uh, freshman, sophomore, junior year of high school. And then I was my dad and my girlfriend's mom at the time, uh, started an all-star program. And then my dad opened the gym and, and on it went, you know, I ended up cheering at a small school in Alabama and we won UCA way back in the day. And, um, I fell in love with, fell in love with it and I had to go check out, I was on NCA staff. I uh, had to go down to NCA College Nationals because that was like that was it that was the that was the creme de la creme. So went down, checked it out, fell in love with it. Got a job offer in Tampa at a gym called uh, Florida Wildcats at the time, and it was a massive space that had gymnastics, cheerleading, taekwondo, had the whole thing. And so I coached there for a couple years. Uh, I was coaching gymnastics and cheerleading, and you know I was just immersed in 
you know, stay, I'd stay up there all night, you know, like past, past closing time, just going over drills and picking gymnastics coaches brains. And, you know, I just, I, I couldn't have been any more, uh, in, in love with it. And, um, I had some kids that would, you know, in the summer they would stay after, you know, like when the team practices were done, you know, there were office staff still working. So we just go out on the floor into the pits and they would just tumble and tumble and tumble. And, um, they get, they were really good. And, um, we went over to Daytona, uh, they all kind of checked it out and, uh, got offers from Hawaii Pacific. So I had, I think at the time it was like six or seven kids that I worked with that all got offers from HPU and, um, I went out to HPU. I actually had left that gym and was moving back to Alabama, which is where I'm from. And, um, I was, uh, things weren't going really well for me at this, you know, it's a small gym at the time and just, you know, wires crossed and different ideas. And I was literally standing in a parking lot, walking to my car and I got a call from Matt Parkey and he was like, Hey, uh, that's some of your kids and they all seem to tumble really well. Would you be interested in being an assistant coach at HPU? And I was like, Whoa, like <laughs> I was not, it. I wasn't thinking about it. It wasn't on my mind. You know, I'd done a couple years, uh, you know, I, I did college when I cheered, but I was like, all right, I'm kind of done with college and going to make cheer my full time and had this opportunity. And two weeks later I was in Dallas, Texas at, uh, you know, NCA camp for HPU as the assistant coach. So, uh, got it, went out there, um, Oh, four to six, small coed, large coed one titles, uh, both years. It was incredible. Um, you know, of course living in Hawaii, but for me at the time, the coolest part was we had so many kids from so many different places that had been taught so many different ways. So I was having to, you know, like, I had my ways that I was coaching. Sorry, my son's iPad's beeping over there. I apologize. Um, but, you know, I'd, I had kids from Alaska and New Jersey, Florida, Texas. I mean, literally all over the country. We even had some kids from Canada. And they'd all been taught different ways. And I had my way, but I had to learn how to talk their way and learn their techniques and mm -hmm. be able to coach their techniques and as far as, uh, you know, I got my college degree, but that, you know, I got a degree in public relations while I was there. Um, but that was, a, I got my doctorate in cheerleading tumbling at that time, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was awesome. I got the, got the luxury of coaching your sister to a yep. national title. You know, I was assistant coach. I was not the head coach, but I, you know, being in there every day was just cool. Um, there we go. Good stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go back to let's go back to Sneed State real quick. You actually mentioned Sneed. Yeah. You just said a small school that won UCA, but I didn't realize you went to Sneed State. And I remember competing against them when I was at Palomar, and I was like, "Oh, dude, he went to Sneed." So, um, yeah. dude, tell me about Sneed. What was your experience like there? You know, it was uh, my. There was actually another school, Wallace State, and my dad had done tumbling there, and I had my heart mm -hmm. set on Wallace State. And all my friends were going to Wallace State and we like we had a whole group that were all going to leave high school together and go there. And um, I was a tumbler. I couldn't stunt to save my life. I just I was little. All my friends could stunt. but I could not. But I could tumble. And um, so I actually broke my ankle right before tryouts and did not make Wallace State. And I was like, oh, my God, like that was my that was my plan. Like that's 
I, I had planned on that since my junior year in high school. Um, I had, I had, I wanted to play baseball, but got hurt and couldn't play. And, uh, but I could still tell, you know, I could tumble on one foot and um, didn't make it. And then sneak coach called me out. was like, Hey, we got a spot. Do you want to come? And I was like, every other option at the moment is gone. And it was, it was pretty much like Wallace is 45 minutes this way. And Sneed was 45 minutes this way, just opposite directions. Sneed was it. So went there. Um, and I will say that all three years that I was at Sneed state, we beat Wallace every single year. Um, and we ended up winning in 2001. So that was pretty awesome. Um, got a little, you know, little karma returns there, Matt Kelly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was, it was awesome. You know, my best friend, actually it's funny enough in 2001. So I was there for three years, uh, back when you could be at a junior college for 15 years. Um, I was at a junior college for three years and 2001, the year we won several of my friends that were over at Wallace ended up coming over. And, uh, the coach Libby Bates was amazing. You know, she, um, I owe a lot to her because my first semester, my freshman year, I, uh, I did what a lot of freshmen do, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't really pay attention to class, but, uh, I was there to cheer and, um, and so she got me on the right track and I, I owe her a lot. She was, she was a huge mentor in my path and I still stay in touch with her to this day. She still reaches out. Um, it's cool to watch and see so many of those people that I cheered with you know, and see them growing up. So that's pretty cool. Um, did that through 2001. And then, um, you know, that was a, that was a huge, that, that was my first, that was the first time that somebody like really took a chance on me because, um, you know, I was done. I was hurt. I was in a cast. I couldn't do anything, you know, and, and she yeah. knew I wasn't going to be able to do anything for a while. Um, and I, I battled injuries the whole time I was there, you know, ankles, knees, I never, well, not knees, ankles and wrists, you know, I hurt my elbow pretty bad um, just because I didn't like to, I just like to beat myself up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So actually, um, fun fact, my old, actually, I had two roommates actually cheered at Wallace. So when I cheered at SFA, when I transferred over the next year, Baby J, shout out to Baby J, oh, and Justin uh, yeah, Moore actually came too. over. Yeah. Yeah, I know those so we guys. compete against them when they're at Wallace. Yeah, those good times. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, baby J. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they both cheered at Wallace, and uh, they had beat us. Wallace won UCA in two thousand and four, and we got second. And so, you know, I hated Wallace State, like hated them. And uh, I, this is actually so true. I used to put up. I remember that after we came back from nationals, we lost. I had, as we're getting ready for the next season, I had printed out all this like Wallace state, you know, paraphernalia and put it all over our apartment. So I had like bulletin board material all over our apartment. Cause I wanted to make sure like we were not going to lose a Wallace state again. And so, yeah, we went the next year and won in 2005. So that was uh, you know, redemption. But uh, yeah, I remember, yeah, I did not like Wallace state at all. You know, when I, I was back, the back of that just want to make sure that the record is straight that Wallace did not beat Sneed until after Libby Bates left. And the program was done. So Wallace state never beat Sneed state under the uh, guidance of Libby Bates. There you go. Now we know. Cause I was, I was, I was confused. <laughs> All right. So here we go. So now let's go to, I like actually really like this story, which I did not know. So you, you get to HPU or so you're coaching these athletes at this gym. 
they all turn out to be pretty decent tumblers and they all end up going to HPU. Matt Parkey calls you up and is like, Hey, we need a tumbling coach. Seems like these kids are, or we need a coach in general. Seems like these kids um, are pretty talented and that you had a hand in that. So what was that like? Just tell me about that transition. Like what was the decision-making process like, like that whole, like, just take me through your mindset at that time. Uh, like I said, I was, I was literally standing in a parking lot and I was, I knew that the gym that I was at at the time was not the right fit. And I was, I needed an out. Like I had to get out of there. Um, and that phone call just hit at the perfect time. Cause I was literally just like at my wits end with, you know, I was like not making enough money. Um, my philosophies don't align with what they're doing. Um, I, I just need to get out of here. And that phone call hit me at the perfect time. And I literally had two weeks to find a place to live, um, coordinate getting to Dallas, getting from, I literally in two weeks from that day, I had gone home, sold my car, <laughs> you know, like sold everything I could sell, um, had to get on a lease out in Hawaii. Uh, I ended up living with, uh, there were five of us in a one bedroom apartment in Waikiki. Um, you know, Hawaii is amazing and living there as a broke college student is a, uh, it's a journey, but, um, you know, I, I, I walked, our first practice was at chair athletics and I just, they were, that was the Mecca, you know, walking into the Mecca and coach HPU and walking in there, I didn't know any of the, the only kids I knew were the kids that I had worked with, which was a handful. We had, we had probably 200 kids there because we had dance team. We had a small co-ed, large co-ed, all girl alternates mascot. Um, so, you know, I'm walking around, nobody knew who I was, you know, like nobody, I did you know, at the time, you know, and here I am walking up to, these kids who were the elite of the elite and trying to tell them what to fix on their tumbling at the beginning was kind of like, who is this guy? You know, like, who does he think he is? And then we got to camp and they were getting ready for all American. And these kids were like, I need somebody to spot me. And they're like, Shay, Shay's, Shay's the guy. So kids that had no idea and I didn't know their tumbling and they didn't know me. And so then once right there, I think they all kind of saw, like I lined up, there was a line of like 20 of them. And there was a really big guy that needed some help in his twist. And so I think once they all, once they all saw that I can take care of them and that was ultimately, you know, like, the, like I said, I didn't, I didn't teach Matt Kelly or Matt Brown how to tumble, you know, it was just kind of like a, Hey, you're going this direction. Maybe you go this direction or, Hey, if you land like this, it might, might save your ankles a little bit. So it was more efficiency. Now I will say the last year or the first year I was there was the last year doubles were legal. Um, and we came back from Thanksgiving break and Parky said, Shay, everybody that's spending a full needs to spend a double. Everybody that can't spend has to spend. And so that two or three weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas break was, uh, I, I literally remember leaving practices and the trainers, I had ice on both shoulders. Like I looked like a football player walking out of practice just because we didn't have any mats. We didn't have any. It wasn't drills and trampoline. We would, we did go to a gymnastics gym and practice like every now and then. So that was heaven. Um, but when we were at practice, I mean, we would be out in the park or we'd be, you know, roll out the mats and at school and or at the YMCA. 
and you know the math this was drill one and this was drill two that was it so that was that was how we did it so uh you make it work um and then we came back from break and i was like parky i don't (laughs) don't, these are the ones that i think can get it these are the ones that like we have to have a better plan because um so we 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 adjusted the plan and it ended up working you know small code large code both one um so i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. All right, so HPU, after HPU, take me through the different gyms you've been at since HPU. I don't want to leave any out. Um, when I was at HPU, I had a job offer in Las That's Vegas. What? And because uh, I was, I got my PR degree. I was working in a marketing company there in uh, Hawaii and got a job offer in Las Vegas. I flew to Las Vegas. I finished out my semester, finished out my lease, flew to Las Vegas. When I got to Las Vegas, I was in the airport. Got on a payphone because I didn't even have a cell phone. I was, I was as broke as they get at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I called the company to let them know, and they said uh, the guy I was talking to said someone hired for your position. Someone else in the company hired your position last night. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm in the airport. I'm I just left Hawaii. I'm in Las Vegas. What are you talking about? Yeah, um, I was literally like the plan was to leave the airport and go sign a lease and then go to work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I sat in the, I was like, so are you telling me I don't have a job? And they're like, no, I was like, um, okay. So I got on the phone and I called everybody and I remember no one answered because I was so early. I think I landed like, or it was so late. I was, um, yeah, you know, like the time zones and everybody I knew was on the East coast and nobody was mm-hmm. answering the phone. And, um, I was calling everybody like I was tech, you know, like, and all I had was nickels, you know, quarters and I didn't even have a cell phone. Yeah. So I was like running through, I was like, all right, if they don't answer. At least I get my quarterback. So, um, <laughs> I was calling and calling and calling and I got an answer and, um, uh, I, I, uh, had to, then I had, to, I got a job offer at Brandon all-stars in 2006 and mm-hmm. I had to borrow money from my grandfather, which, I'd never borrowed money from anybody ever in my life. And it was the, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a gut check moment, but I had to get there. I was stuck in the airport with literally a duffel bag. And, um, so I flew to Tampa. I crashed on George Carrillo's couch for about three weeks. Mm -hmm. I was, um, tumble prep class and I had one private with a six year old and I had that for about two weeks. And, you know, like, 
in my mind, I just left HPU. We just won college nationals back to back. And, you know, I'd had all this great experience. And, but at that, you know, at that gym, at that time, those kids already had a relationship with them. It didn't matter how good I was. It didn't matter what I do. I didn't have that relationship with those kids. So I walked in with all my rings and all this, and those kids didn't care. You know, they had, they had a relationship with that coach and they liked them. And so it took me a while to, to really get in there and build a relationship with the kids and the coaches. Um, and I was there from 2006. Uh, I coached there for eight years. So um, I coached uh, senior white and junior silver. You know, we won our first NCAA title at Brandon with our junior four team. Um, I coached the medium co-ed team. I was, did a lot of the tumbling for all the teams. Um, so over the years, I learned and got involved and um, right there towards the end, probably like 2013, um, just some kids aged out and, you know, graduated and went on to college. And, um, and I took the pressure of having to make this team the same caliber that it had always been. And I, my mentality had changed and I was, I just wasn't, it wasn't good. You know, like I was just always unnecessary added pressure on myself and on the kids. And, you know, I, it had run the course. And after eight years, um, my wife, um, had moved down. Um, for those that don't know my wife, Erica Travieso, um, she is, she currently coaches mini two junior two junior four and senior black at Brandon and coaches uh, and works at the pro shop and sorry she's the director of our pro shop she as you if you saw my house right now you'd see boxes that's why i'm literally in our bedroom right now because there are boxes piled to the ceiling of like the the amazon or the the prime amazon delivery is like man your christmas is still going i'm like dude this, this every day man every day um but she had moved down. She coached at Brandon for a very brief amount of time. It wasn't a fit for her. And she had gone to a gym stars that didn't work out. And then she went to Florida Wildcats, which was the gym that I coached at before I moved to Hawaii. Um, and so that last year um, I went in and spoke with Jocelyn and, and was like, you know, just, I think it's time. And she was like, yeah, I think it is too. Um, and she told me something I'll never forget. And um, she said, Shay, I think right now you want it more than the kids do, and you can never want it more than the kids. And, um, and, and she was right. She was at the, at the moment, you know, nobody could tell me anything, you know, at, at the moment I was just mad. Um, but I still remember that conversation very vividly. And, um, we left on good terms. There was no bad feelings or anything. It was just had run its course, um, went to Florida Wildcats for a year. Um, and then got a job offer at gym time in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and as I say, these different locations, it's very hard to find a program that is a good fit for two people. Jason, I'm sure you can, sure you can attest, you know, to make it a career, um, with one is, uh, it's challenging, but when you, to try to find the right spot for two people to make it a career, it's, uh, very different. So I moved up to Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I got the distinguished honor to be able to coach with Kaylin Cook and Debbie Love, which 
still to this day, I, I reference both of them daily. Like uh, they're the way that Kalen can explain a stunt is just unlike any other. And um, like I said, you know, I'd, I'd been coming off kind of a, a negative place. I was the screaming coach. If I was louder than you, then I was getting in my way. And uh, coaching with Debbie Love at that time was exactly what I needed uh, because she never raises her voice. She never, um, you know, never yells or anything like that. And uh, but I remember one day, you know, I was always the conditioning guy. Like, oh, you, you don't do this, and you owe me fifty bear crawls, five hundred burpees, you know. And one time the team came in and they weren't focused, and she said, "All right, guys, we need to work on our focus a little bit. We need to improve. So let's, um, everybody, let's go to the side." And we're going to, we're going to do some butt scoot suicides. And I had no idea what it, what a butt scoot was, <laughs> but it was literally like, you know, you're sitting, you're sitting on your bottom and you have to push your body. You have to pick your body up, move it forward and then down and without mm-hmm. letting you touch the ground. So you're literally just using your arms to lift your body forward. Um, and if you go the length of the floor, which is 42 feet, that sucks. It burns. It's miserable. Yeah. You do a suicide. Jason, <laughs> I tell you what I have like, I, I was like the sweetest, nicest, kindest lady in the most precious yeah. you've ever heard. Literally just tried to kill these kids. Yeah. And, <laughs> I said, and I'm seeing it like the guys on the team who are in good shape. Like they're like, Debbie, can we stop? Like, I can't do anymore. And she's like, I, I believe in you. Like, you've got this, you know, we got to have faith and, you know, maybe we'll, we'll improve our focus moving forward. Do we all agree? Like, <laughs> hey, let's, let's practice our focus right now. Let's focus on our breathing as yeah. we do as we scoot to the next line. And I'm like, this is savage. This yeah, is savage. But, but I learned in that, you know, in that moment, and there were several other learning moments, but that one stands out that, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to be so loud. I don't have to be aggressive yeah. to get, you know, like that's not the way, you know, like it had worked. I'm not saying that there aren't moments that I don't raise my voice ever again, but the, the way that I was doing it was wrong. And, and I learned that yeah. in that, in that moment. And, um, um, there were a lot of, and at gym time at the time, there were a lot of moving parts, um, as far as the brand and the business. Um, and at the time, um, uh, you know, Misty couldn't have, couldn't have been better to my wife and I, you know, that she took great care of us and she pulled us in and she was like, Hey, like, this is the situation we're in. We can move forward like this or we can move forward like this. I know if we move forward like this, it's going to be really hard on y'all. Um, and so I asked her, I was like, you know, would you be okay if we looked, you know, if we looked to see what other options were out there at the, at the time. And, um, and she said, yeah, you know, I completely respect that. So, um, I had an offer from Midwest Cheer Elite in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and we moved there. Um, uh, we were there for a year and a half. Um, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot when I was there too. Just, um, you know, we, I had a little more involvement in class structure and, um, I'd always kind of been like, I coach this team, I do this and it's me. And at that moment I was a little more involved with kind of helping others share, share with others what I knew. Um, so as far as like a staff involvement, that was a big piece that I take away from that experience. 
um, as far as training staff and culture program culture and adjusting it and changing it and, and molding it. Um, so at that's so after a year and a half, um, we had, you know, we had a kid, you know, um, my wife got pregnant and we had a son and, uh, he was born in September and right there, middle of October into November, it was, it was, you know, it was the same, similar situation. It was time to go. Um, and it was kind of, you know, at gym time, when I was at gym time, I was coaching a small co-ed and I remember I was, I don't know what year that was. I think it was 2016, the 15, 16 year. And I was coaching at gym time and we had a small co-ed and they were going to be really good. And I called Jocelyn and I was like, Hey, I'm going to be coaching against you. And I just want to give you a heads up. Like, I just want to be respectful. You know, like I had the utmost respect for Brandon and senior black at that time. And I felt I owed it to her to let her know that I was going to be competing against her. And yeah, we can, we can compete, but I still want to be respectful. And, um, and it was, it was really, I still have the picture, but it was really cool because, uh, platinum, gym time platinum, we won like group a of, uh, at cheer sport and senior black won group B. And so, uh, senior blacks division we got to win the other one and i thought that was really that was really cool and um so that was kind of uh that was kind of the you know we hadn't really you know when i was at wildcats we were still in tampa so we were competing against each other so it wasn't the same kind of culture relationship i guess and then it it really kind of kind of opened that door for conversations and we'd see each other at nca and you know you know i think we went out to we even all went out to dinner together you know like their staff, our staff are hanging out after a competition, just chat, just talking about life. How's it going? Um, and then um, after Midwest, um, over the, you know, right around that break, I called Jocelyn again and was like, hey, I think it's time that we come home. <laughs> and um, and she, said, uh, she was like, well, I have, um, you know, our, our, our rule is that you got to teach X amount of classes to be able to do private lessons and, I have one class available, which means you can do one, you know, one of this. And as far as Erica, you know, she can coach a prep team and do a stretch class. And so we moved, we moved to Tampa. Um, my wife, myself, and my, at the time, my four month old son uh, lived in the studio. My mother-in-law actually lived in Tampa. And so the four of us lived in a studio <laughs> there in Tampa in January. So it was nice and chilly, you know, not quite as cold as it gets other places, but, uh, you know, it was a little, a little, little, little chilly. So, um, you know, we just grinded, you know, I was like, Hey, we just gotta, we gotta grind, you know, we gotta work. And, um, so we did, you know, um, she got another job. Um, uh, she was working for the melting pot in their corporate office. And, um, or maybe that was before. No, I timed that wrong. She had, she worked in the melting pot when she was at Wildcats. So when we came back, like that was the only job either one of us had. Um, and she was looking, she was looking at getting some other jobs and just about the right, just about the right time. Um, one coach in the gym was uh, moving. Her husband had been uh, stationed in the military, was stationed somewhere else. So she had to leave. So Erica kind of filled in that spot. And then there were a few classes that had opened up. So I was able to kind of fill in those spots and um, just building it back up. And then that was actually, I think it was uh, this week is 
five years that Eric and I have been back at Brandon All-Stars. So, um, you know, she ended up working with Junior Silver that year, which was kind of cool because Junior Silver was, you know, Jocelyn and I kind of started that. And Jocelyn and I and Kyle had coached them and won NCA and all that jazz. So kind of neat to see that. And then um, the day that she got the the senior black offer, it was, it was funny because it was at the end of the season and we had had some people that we like, oh, we, we you know, we knew people, we knew people in the industry were moving around and we had been watching and we were like, oh man, I hope this person doesn't come to Tampa. I don't, I don't even want to be around them. And so she came up to me one day and she was like, Hey, we, I need to talk to you outside, which was, that's not my wife. Like usually when we're in the gym, like if working with the same team, we talk, but other than that, like I'm usually on a, a rod floor, a tumble track and she's on a floor or she's in the pro shop. Yeah. So we don't really, we don't really get to communicate a whole lot on the floor. So she literally like walked out on the floor. I was like, Oh, crap. you know, I'm, I'm thinking, is my son okay? Yeah. You know, something going on. And, um, and she walked outside. She was like, um, there, there, there's going to be another coach for senior black. And I was like, Oh, who is it? Like, I was like, Oh no. Like they're bringing in somebody that we, you know, neither one of us like. And she was like, me yeah. like, Oh my, like I literally like teared up and I was like, just so happy, you know, like, because yeah. for years it was, um, you know, Shay, the tumbling guy. And this is, you know, this is my wife. And, and now mm-hmm. I get to look and I'm like, that's my wife, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm the sidekick, you know, which is really cool. And to watch her, you know, she won 2020, she won worlds with senior black and our non tumbling team legacy. So for her to mm-hmm. win two gold, you know, two gold, um, to win worlds twice was, uh, was a really proud yeah. moment as a, as a husband, which was really, really cool. Go. Good stuff, man. And we've been here ever since. Dude, I love this. I, yeah. I absolutely love this. This is good stuff, man. Dude, I have so many questions to ask. So let's do this, Shay. Let's get to a break real quick. My bad. And then when we get. I just talked. My bad. <laughs> no, hey, you're good. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll get to a break real quick and then we'll come back and we'll just keep going down the path. Sounds good, man. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Owners, directors, coaches, we are in comp season now. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for your big events, I'd love to help out. You send me a video of your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I've done this for have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D 
to Summit Champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at Jason Larkins, or you can reach me on Instagram at Jason Larkins or on the Let's Talk Cheer podcast Instagram, Let's Talk Cheer podcast. All right, so we're back. Shay, I want to follow up with this. You had a lot of, you dropped a lot of just good stuff in there that I want to follow up with a couple of things. So first, when did you know you wanted to be a career coach. You know, like I, I feel like a lot of us start when we're younger because it's something to do. Like I'm already involved in cheer or gymnastics. I have a little bit of a background. It's a good way to make, you know, just some, you know, some gas money or some, you know, fast food money. And then, but a lot of people go, but this isn't what I want to do five, 10 years from now. Like, when did you know this is what you wanted to do? Um, when I moved back to Tampa from Hawaii, I was still pursuing uh, my degrees in public relations. Uh, I was still pursuing jobs, you know, kind of in my brain. I was, I had a really good job in Hawaii and I was like, oh, you know, I'm in Hawaii. If I got a good job out here, it's easy to get one in Florida. Well, in Hawaii, you have University of Hawaii and HPU. Those are pretty much the two schools. You move to mm -hmm. Florida, you got Miami, Florida State, USF, UCF, you know, there's, there's hundreds, you know, way more schools. So that dilutes the entry level positions. So I had really no experience, but uh, mm -hmm. I remember going through, it was like a two month long interview process and it was a marketing firm for uh, a real, a real estate, um, <clears throat> excuse me. It was marketing for a real estate company. And I, you know, because it was so long and I kept going through all these processes, I really thought I had the job and I spent, I spent my last penny on a suit that I, cause I was going and. I showed up to my first interview and like something you should not show up to your first interview in. And uh, I spent my last dollar on a suit from like Walmart, you know, like just so that I would have a, a jacket. Um, Cause at the time, like I said, I had nothing. And uh, after this two month process, um, I got a very, it's a one sentence and I still have the email today. I got a one sentence reply that was like, you didn't get the job. And like no explanation of like, why I didn't get the job or what it was. And I was like, you know what? Like, and I left that day and I went to the gym and, you know, there were little kids. And as soon as I walked in, they're like, Jay, Hey, you know, how's your day? And I was like, I just received the most demoralizing, you know, like just this, the weight of the world. I'm like, I, this was my, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to come out of college and get a job and I don't have a job. And I walked in the gym and these kids were just, they didn't care. Like they, they weren't asked, they didn't care that I just not got the job. Like I was their tumbling coach, you know, like I was flipping them. Um, and you know, from there on, I was just like grinding and then started seeing, you know, opportunities of, um, I got an opportunity to, um, I got a shout out, uh, Doug Yeager, who is, uh, he's, everybody knows him now as cheer updates, but before cheer updates, um, you know, he was out, he was out in Delaware and he brought me up to do, uh, there was a, a coaches conference for the Delaware. I don't know if it was the Delaware state for high school or all-star. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was doing some safety training. And then he actually recommended me to go up and work with cheer sport sharks. And this is before great whites had, had won. So this was like, you know, no, nobody people had heard of them, but nobody knew cheer sport, great white sharks at the time. And, uh, they brought me in to work with them and, and I worked with them and they won. 
And um, there were other people involved and I am not taking credit, please. I am not taking credit at all for their success, but I had an opportunity uh, to be involved with them and, um, and Allie and Lan and um, really helped me a lot in, in telling other people and spreading the word because uh, at the time, you know, social media wasn't, re- you know, Twitter and Instagram and all that wasn't really a big deal. It was just kind of word of mouth. Like, Hey, who'd you work with? Who do you like? And, Oh, this is who I'd recommend. And they recommended me. And um, from there, you know, it kind of, kind of took off. You know, I was, I was traveling all over the place working. You know, I've been very fortunate to literally travel the world. I've been um, Australia, Italy, Finland, all over Canada, all over South America, uh, one time I got a, um, Debbie Love, who is a very dear friend. Um, she called me, uh, her at the time, one of her, one of her parents was not, I don't remember if it was her mother or father wasn't doing well. And, um, she was supposed to speak in London. She was like, Hey, um, can you go to London? You know, speak at this conference. I was like, sure. You know, I, I you know, I'm, whatever you want me to do. Like, when is it? She was like, you need to be on a flight in about six hours. I was like, what? You know? So I literally like drove to Orlando, jumped on a red eye, flew to London, got off the plane, walked in, started speaking, spoke, you know, eight hours straight, crashed, got up the next day, eight hours straight. And I was on a flight and like the next day. So it wasn't really like, Oh, you get to go to London and see the, you know, see anything. I literally like flew in across the pond and, flew back. So, uh, but you know, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything, you know? Um, so I, I've been, I've been so fortunate, you know, that I've gotten to, you know, the people of, you know, like I said, kind of with Debbie or with, uh, Libby taking a chance on me, you know, Doug kind of took a chance on me and Allie took a chance on me. And I feel like every gym that's ever brought me in has taken a chance on me. And, um, and, and I, and I, it took me a long time um, now at Brandon All-Stars, I, I direct a program we have called uh, BA Technique Camps. Uh, it's where we send our staff out to do camps and clinics. And um, now that I'm directing that, I, I really try to try to let people know, like, think of your kids, you know, like, Jason, think of your team, you know, what's a, what's a team you have? Junior black, senior black. What's what's a team? Oh you yeah, have? we have senior black. We have senior, senior black, black. We have senior red. Yeah. There you go. So senior black, like those are your babies. Like that's your team. Mm-hmm. If somebody, you know, if you're letting somebody work with your babies, that's that's an honor. Like that's a yeah. whole lot of respect. So treat them, treat them well. Uh, treat them with kindness. You know, give them pour everything you can into them, um, and, and the, build the relationships. So to be able to have those opportunities is pretty cool. I, uh, and I, and one more, you know, when I literally the day, it was the day after I was making the transition from Brandon to Florida Wildcats, I got a call from Andre Carter, who is, uh, he works, he works with USASF. Uh, and he asked if I'd be interested in speaking at the conferences. And I was just so humbled, you know, because for years I would go to the conferences and I was, you know, if you've ever seen me at a conference, I apologize, but I'm always pretty outspoken about my opinions and beliefs in the sport. And um, so for him to take that risk on me as a trainer to others um, was really cool. And um, through that, you know, now I was at every single conference, you know, I was speaking at every USASF conference at the time. There were, 
there were what they were in California, Chicago, Orlando, Texas, um, Atlanta. You know, if there was a USASF conference, I was speaking at it, which also meant I got involved when, you know, I was, if I wasn't speaking, I was sitting in on somebody else's class, listening to them speak. And then all the, you know, the committee, the round tables and stuff. And I was always pretty involved about my opinions on things. Yeah. So, you know, over the years, then uh, Allie Stangle reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested in being on the rules committee. So now I am, um, I'm one of the people that is involved. I am one one small piece involved in those conversations that are uh, shaping the industry. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, shout out real quick. You mentioned London. So I got to give a shout out to Claire, one of our former coaches. She's finishing Thanks. up her master's in London right now. Well, in England, she's in York. So, uh, so shout out to Claire, friend of the show. Shout out to Andre, who – I'm always surprised that the people who tell me they actually listen to the podcast, like, you know, the podcast is out there. I don't know exactly who listens. And every so often I'm having a conversation with someone. Oh yeah. I listened to the podcast. Andre said he listens to all the episodes and I was like, Oh, I had zero clue. So shout out to Andre friend of the show. And, um, Andre's a good dude. No, he, he is. He really is. Um, I'll just take my time to talk about Andre real quick. Andre. I, I mentioned this before on the podcast, how, I had this routine, which I thought was God's gift to cheerleading. And I thought it was the best routine ever. And I was just so proud of this routine. And I had known Andre over the years, but and, you know, I know he's a judge. And so I sent him this routine. Again, I think it's God's gift to cheerleading. And he sent me an email. This thing was, you know, it was like the book of Job. It was so long. It was like, I was like, man. And so he just rips this routine to shreds. I mean, he's not being mean. He's not being mean at all, but he's giving me real good constructive feedback. And it was just in every section of what, like how we were just, you know, missing the mark. And um, like that email right there just taught me so much about the sport and like just that one singular email taught me so much about the sport and about like, you know, what we need to be like, how I can be a better coach and like what judges are looking for. And that email was just so it's crazy how, how long ago that email was and how much the sport has evolved, but how much of those things, the principles from that email still stand true. So shout out to Andre. Great guy. And um, yeah, so so real quick, I got to tell everyone this. So everyone, you guys already heard Shay say this. He gets involved with USASF, and now he's part of the decision-making, you know, why why we can't do step-outs and turns in level two when everyone was so mad at you. Well, some other things people got mad at you about. Um, people were pretty much on board for punch front forward rolls, um, but the, there's some other things that people are just mad. It was the roundup. So, the, so the process is – um, you know, a, a suggest a, a rule change is submitted. Um, it's deciphered, um, and then either the change or not to change is taken to the next step, and then it's discussed, and then taken to the next step. It goes through a whole bunch of filters. So, uh, punch front forward roll, back handspring step out, immediate turn, and round off immediate back limber step out. Those were the three big ones that. It was Debbie Love, myself, and Brett Henson from Spirit of Texas. It took us three years to get those skills removed. <laughs> and it was just every time I was, and I was just like, I don't understand. Like, 
why can't you see what I'm seeing? But it, yeah. it really opened my eyes to like, it's not, the industry is not built to do it Shay's way. Like it's not, you know, like there's so many differences like culturally from like California. I mean, you're in California, I'm in Florida. Like our school cheer cycle is different than your school cheer cycle. You're, you know, the way you conduct tryouts is different than the way we do the way that you set up your competition schedule. Like what's important to your parents might be different than what's important to our parents. And we have Brandon all-stars has uh, two locations owned by Jocelyn and one franchise location. And so we have three locations and all three of them are completely different. And one's 30 minutes away. Like literally like our Wesley chapel location, I do, I, I do lessons there on Fridays and they're completely different. Like night and day about like, you know, like, Parents at Brandon, you know, I can be like, all right, we're going to change this class from 5.15 to 5.30. Like, all right, if I do that at Wesley Chapel, like it needs to be like, okay, in two months, we are thinking about changing yeah. this from 5 to 5.30. <laughs> How will this impact? You know, because, you know, they, they have different, you know, it's different. So, and that's okay. You know, it, it, we just learn that we have to think, do things a little different. So as much as in my head, I knew that punch front forward rolls were causing broken bones there are people out there that were teaching punch front forward rolls safely. And so it had to be, it was this process of getting the data. I mean, we literally had uh, a kinesiology professor at the university of Kentucky, write It's probably 15 pages of physics and like why this was bad. So it wasn't just a, well, Shay doesn't like it. Like I knew I didn't like it. And I knew the reasons why, like, as the tumbling coach in my brain, I knew it was wrong and I knew it needed to be done, but I can't just rip the mandate off. Like there's a process. And as frustrating as that process may be, sometimes it's still important that I respect, I respect the process. I don't always like it, but I respect it. Um, random question. Are Arabian Ford rolls illegal in level five? Uh, yes, because you can't tumble. They are. You, can't, you can't connect anything after an Arabian. Oh yeah. You can't connect anything after it. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. Never mind. Oh, that's a good question. Not a good question. That's a good. Uh, yeah. I feel like, oh, maybe we didn't do that. I guess. No, I haven't coached level five in so long, but yeah. Shout out to Cameron who was our Arabian stop round off, whatever fool. Um, okay. Dude. So maybe different places I want to go with. Um, Let's go to spotting. So you mentioned something that made me think of this. You said you back when you're at HPU, you, you know, have kids who twist, who need, who need a double twist and kids who don't twist, who need a twist. And it kind of sounded like you were spotting a lot of them. But if anyone knows you now, you're not much of a, a spotter. So how did you transition from being a spotter to being like, you know, what, I'm going to be more of a hands-off coach? Um. You know, it, it, my opinion on that has really, I, I've changed it so many times. Um, I still believe the sooner you can get your hands away in the spotting sense, the better. Uh, but a lot of that depends on, you know, your equipment, your surroundings, you know, like if you don't have, you don't have a tumble track and a landing mat, then you have to spot. Um, I also did a, uh, we did infinity gen next down under with, uh, I spoke at a conference and then Ramel and I uh, did the camp and 
I had all these drills and stations set up, all these really cool drill stations set up. And then he was over here spotting and we kind of gave them their, you know, their own time to kind of choose where they wanted to go. And his line was like out the door and I had like three kids working with me. And, you know, after that, you know, he and I, you know, we went out to dinner, we're sitting out, we had a beautiful, we had a beautiful place that we were staying. We were sitting out on the beach, just chilling, just he and I, like just he and I on Bondi beach, freaking nuts. And I was like, man, I can't get these kids over here to like try the drills. He's like, I really think that like, because I'm spotting, I'm able to build that immediate initial trust and that connection. And when, you know, like after I spot them a few times, then they trust me. Then I can say, okay, now go try this drill. So we, he and I were both in Australia. These kids had no idea who we were. He was at world cup and I was at Brandon, but they didn't, they hadn't met us. Right. We'd never worked with them. So they didn't really trust us. You know, when you're throwing whip doubles and standing fulls and stuff like that, like you're talking, you're talking big skills. Like you can get hurt bad if you don't do it right. So, uh, so the next day I came in and I spotted a little bit and then, then the lines kind of evened out some and, and, and they did. So now I, I tell my staff, you know, you need to spot to build the connection and to build that trust and to build that relationship with that athlete. But, you know, there's times to spot and there's times not the sooner you can get your hands off of them, do it. Um, if you have the, if you have the, the equipment that allows you to be so, but you know, sometimes you, you need to spot to, you know, just, just build that relationship. You know, like if they, if they don't know you, they, they have to be able to trust you. So uh, I, I learned that well. I also had a, uh, like I said, I was coaching gymnastics uh, and cheerleading when I was at Florida Wildcats and it was Lightning City Gymnastics at the time. And uh, they used to host, and it might still be the world's largest gymnastics meet. It's held in uh, Tropicana Field where the Tampa Bay Rays play. It's really cool. It's like this whole baseball stadium that's turned into a gymnastics meet. Um, but I was, you know, because I could spot, you know, there were a lot of smaller females that would ask me if I would come over and I would spot. So I would start spotting and spotting. And I got to where like, you know, back in the day, it used to be like, who's the coolest, who can spot the most stuff. And at the time I was spotting everything. I was spotting every kid on any skill, you know, double backs, full in back outs, you know, triples, all these cool dismounts off bars and vaults. And, um, and one day the coat, the lady, Cindy Lord, she was a director at the time. She walked me out. She, she rolled this chair out on the floor and she said, sit down. I said, all right. Mm -hmm. So I sat in this chair. She said for this, this week, you have to coach from that chair, which is the opposite mm -hmm. of everything we tell people now. I was like, you're not allowed to sit down when you coach. She would mm -hmm. not let me out of that chair. So I had to maneuver all the way around the gym. So it was kind of fun. You know, the, the kids had picked me up and take me from the vault over to the beam, you know, but I had to learn how to get the same thing accomplished without me being able to spot. She's like, what yeah. if, what if you break your arm? What if you, you know, God forbid you're in a car accident. Like if you were in a wheelchair, could you still do what you need to do? And um, mm -hmm. although I still spot and I still can spot everything, the amount of spotting that I do is much more limited. And, uh, and I'll finish it up with one more story. Um, I don't know what day this will be aired, but on January 30th of this month, my dad, who I told you owned the gymnastics gym when I was born, will be having his second replacement surgery on his shoulder. And uh, he has to wait six months before he can have the other one in place. So he'll have had 
this will be his eighth shoulder shoulder surgery and his is a complete replacement like it's not just like a go in kind of clean it up like it's literally metal so cut off the bone replace it with metal and it's because yeah it's you know and he didn't have the equipment you know like at the time he didn't have the tumble tracks and the pits and the eight inch mats like he didn't have that so he had to do what he had to do but i'm 42 years old i have a five-year-old I want to be able to play baseball with him. And my dad was awesome. Don't get me wrong. My dad played baseball. My dad, you know, would suck up whatever pain he had to deal with and would always take care of kids if he had to. If it was between them and him, you know, it was going to be him. But uh, he would make sure yeah. he took care of them. He would make sure he took care of them for sure. So I've definitely adapted. You know, there was a time where I was like, I refuse to spot anybody on anything. And then, you know, kids didn't want to work with me because they didn't even know who I was. They didn't, you know. And yeah. so now, you know, I spot them a little bit, get them work, you know, get them comfortable. I do have a, there's a, there's a girl, we have a, a new kid in the gym and he, you know, we call her peanut, her name's Peyton and she is T tiny. And I'm like, every now and then I'm like, ah, I can spot you on some cool stuff, you know? So yeah, it's, it's kind of fun, but, uh, you know, I, I try to, I try not to do it. You know, it, it's the best for the yeah. kid, you know, they're, they're learning it on their own as long as they can do it safely. They can do it safely. Then that's the for way sure. I want them. There we go. All right, Jay, we're going to get to a break right now. But when we come back, we're talking code of points. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, Jay. So you mentioned this in the previous segment about, you know, you get involved in the USASF. And, you know, if you ever see me at a conference, you know, I know I'm kind of loud spoken and you give your opinion. So um, I feel like, you know, we, when we brought you on the show originally, yeah, I think the way I introduced you was like, you know, you have been like the spokesperson and the face of code of points and saying like, that's what we needed in the industry. So as everyone knows, unless you're living under a rock or maybe I guess some of our parents might not know, but we have a whole new score sheet this year and it's more, it's based on a code of points. But um, so let's talk about that kind of like, why did you feel so strongly that cheer needed a code of points? You know, I just, like I said, I, I have experience in gymnastics. Gymnastics has a code of points. Um, it just makes sense. You know, um, I've been at big gyms, I've been at small gyms, I've been at all those in between. And there's all this like assumed bias, which I don't buy for a minute. Anybody that's out there that's like, oh, well, they got it because of their uniform. The, the time that that happens is so rare. I'm not saying it never happens, but it, you know, like I've, I've heard you say before, like, go back and really watch your routine and be honest with yourself. Like, Oh, they beat us because of the, their uniform. I'm like, actually, mm -hmm. you dropped your whole pyramid, and f you know your whole <laughs> team frog springs. Like, 
No, they beat you because they were better. And, yeah. you know, and being at Brandon, like, I've seen the opposite. I've seen, like, oh, we're a big gym, so they should be good. So we're going to we're gonna judge them a little more strict. Um, and, and there's both sides of the coin. And I, and I don't believe that that happens as often as people assume it does. When it comes down to skill difficulty, and there's so many people that get wrapped up and they hear code of points and they think, like, well, that's going to take out creativity and that's going to take out the – no, no, no. I'm not talking about creativity. I'm not talking about your dance. I'm not talking about your formations. I'm talking about skill difficulty. If a backhand spring is worth one point, a backhand spring is worth one point in California. A backhand spring is worth one point in Florida, Texas, Australia, Antarctica. Like a backhand spring is a backhand spring. Why are we having to guess on what that's going to be scored difficulty wise? Now, technique. Technique's a different animal. I believe eventually there could be um, technique, you know, a code for technique. We're not there yet. I don't think we're even close to being there yet. But if you if you open a, I study code of points frequently because I'm obsessed with it. But if you look at a gymnastics code of points for their compulsory, which is, I would say, their version of our like lower levels one, two. Let's say it's a cartwheel. You open it up. There is a diagram of exactly what a perfect cartwheel should look like. And then there's points and there's arrows of like judges are looking for your knee right here. Judges are looking at this head. Like there's points that are circled. And then the common mistakes are laid out on. Okay, here's how you fix it. Here's how, you know, like it's very simple, you know, and it's just really frustrating on the difficulty. Like. They're, they're, it's, it's frustrating when you come out with this new tumbling pass or you come out with a new stunt. Like, why are we guessing on what that's worth on difficulty? Like, a full-up is a full-up. Like, if a full-up's in California, a full-up's in New Jersey, a, the difficulty should be the same. Right now, if you do three jumps and they're any of this list, you are guaranteed to get, was it, four? I don't even know what the, the numbers are. I, I just... I've just been looking at technique lately, like any, any coach that doesn't have you maxed out in difficulties can't read, I guess. Um, but you know, when it comes to, so I've been hammering on technique and looking at those numbers, but if you can throw a full, you can throw a full, like it doesn't matter where it is. Why are we changing what it's worth? I don't understand. I just, I can't wrap my head around why there is different value. Um, and I think it would be better for judges. It would be better for coaches. It would be better for kids you know, across the board, if you do a round off handspring tuck, it should be uh whatever it is. And it should be whatever that number is round off handspring tuck, California, Florida should be the same number. I don't understand why it's not, you know, or why it's a secret or why it's this process. It shouldn't be that hard, but for some reason it is. So, and, and two, so on the flip side of that, if you come up with something new, and you come up with this like, okay, well, I did a back extension roll, pirouette, half turn, step down, back handspring. Well, that's new and unique. What's that? What's the value? Well, we have to guess. We have to show up at a competition and we're going to guess if that judge recognizes how hard that is or doesn't recognize how hard that is. Is it going to be worth the same value? I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. And then we have to guess. And then we go to a competition in California 
and they do give it some crazy hard value, but we go to a competition in Florida and they don't recognize it. And that same difficulty skill was a four in California, but it was a two in Florida. Yeah. I, I, I can't understand it. I, I just can't. So how do you think it's still earlier in the season? So I know a lot of us haven't been to a ton of events and got a ton of feedback yet, but how do you feel it's rolled out so far with this iteration of Coda points this year? How do you feel it's rolled out so far? Um, So far, you know, it's still early, you know, like you said, it's, it's very early. It, I, I like the direction it's going. I still think that they have, you know, the complaint, you gotta be, the elite teams have to be able to score elite. Like you have to be able to get, you have to be able to separate yourself. And I don't think there's enough room to do that. Um, I do think that this is the first time that I have seen teams score high eighties, low nineties and not burn down buildings. You know, like people are like, okay, well, Yep, we deserved an 89. I've never heard anyone ever say that. Like, if I'm not scoring a 98, then we suck. So I like that because there's a there's 100 points. Somebody should be scoring a 60. Somebody should be scoring a 70. Somebody should be scoring an 80. You know, like, we can use – there's more points available. Let's use them. Um, so we're working our way down there to be able to open up, like, lower scores for teams that deserve lower scores that I like. Um, I, you know, if you level two, for example, if you're, if you're turning at the wrong time, then you're not getting credit and you're going to be knocked out of range. I like that as long as it's done consistently across every skill, across every level. Like I know our ones and twos have been hammered and I know there's more level one and two teams. So they're going to be a little more picky there, but why am I seeing level six teams catch things at prep level or right at their head and get full credit or do an incomplete list? Like, well, if you're doing that, if you're doing a one and three quarter, that's not a double. So you shouldn't get credit for it. You know, that's, or a half instead of a full, you know, like, so as long as they're consistent, I'm all for it. Like I said, I, I would like there to be open the ranges, but it's a step in the right direction. So I'm really interested to see the difference between these regular season comps and end of season comps, especially worlds, because now you go from a hundred point scale to a 150, 140, whatever that well, I should know that 140 scale, 150 scale, um, to see what that ends up being. So but I'm all for hammer them on technique. There shouldn't be guesses. There should never be guesses. But if I take risk, I should be allowed to take a risk. Right now, there's no reward for taking any risk at all. Like, don't do it. In my opinion, like that's smart coaching. But is that going to is that going to limit the progression or the growth? So if you're like, okay, well, there's really no sense in me pushing this kid to do a harder tumbling pass. I'll just have him do the easier one and get the same score as somebody doing a harder pass. I'll do, I'll obviously do the easier one. Mm-hmm. So they're not working that harder pass. So they're not, they're not getting those progressions to be able to build towards in the future. Yeah. There you go. Anything else? Uh, what's one other thing or explain to our audience what you mean by the ranges don't seem to be that open right now. 
So as far as skill difficulty, kind of what I was telling you, so you literally only have a, was it, I think it's the range is what, three, seven to four. Am I correct on that? You know, I don't, you know, what's funny is we, we have these competitions and I like to think that we have a pretty good program. We win our fair share of, of prestigious titles. And, you know, it's funny. I like talk to all these coaches and like, Hey, what's the, they asked me a question and I'm like, you know, I don't have it memorized. It's in a book somewhere. So it's just easy. For, and, and because the score sheet changes every year, like at one point, remember back, do you remember back in the day, the varsity score sheet, it was before the summit world's teams were out of a hundred, but then uh level four teams were, or level. Yeah. So level five teams were out of a hundred level four teams were out of like 90 and level three teams were out of 80. Like they had this like scaling thing and it's crazy that the score sheet changes every year. So I don't have it memorized. I don't know what it's out of, but you know, maybe it's out of five points this year. It's something weird. It's like out of like 3.6 or three. I don't know what it is. I'm not even going to say anything, but it's, that is some weird I mean, number. There, yeah, it's it's a very small margin. Like we said, like if you, I think it's something like if you just had one athlete walk on the floor and then did nothing and walked off. I think your lowest score you get is like a sixty-seven, seventy. Mm-hmm. Like in high in school, based on that grade, that's a D. Like so, if you do nothing, you get a mm-hmm. D. Like, no, you do nothing, yeah. you get a zero. You know, so yeah, cap numbers like a four, like four is your perfect score. I think the range is three seven. So you're literally talking four tenths, which ultimately is doubled. So you're talking uh, eight tenths once you're in range. I mean, that's so if you do, so if I do the hardest elements possible, like every hardest element possible. I can be at a four and you do like you're doing elements, but they're nowhere. The, as long as we're in range, we're in the same ballpark and I really push the envelope. I'm the only thing I can get to four and the worst you can get to three, seven, three, six. Like that's I can at most I beat you on by 0.8. Well then chances are you're not going to do it with really good technique. So I'm going to do it with better technique. And now we're in technique and I can go for a full point. So maybe you beat me by 0.8 on difficulty, but I beat you by a full point on technique. I beat you. I'm beating you by two tenths. It's not worth the risk. So I would love a code of points where we can sit there and look and be like, you know what? Like I'm killer at tumbling. I'm going to throw the hardest thing I possibly can. And I'm going to go for a 10 and you look at it and you're like, eh, I'm going to go for an eight. And then we switch and you go for a 10 and stunning. And I go for an eight and stunning. And then, then we're really, you know what? I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? I can really, I could tweak one thing here and I can catch up with them. And then you're really, you know, that puts a lot of responsibility on coaches and judges and people don't like responsibility. You know, people don't like taking responsibility for cheerleading. It's always nice when it's always nice when it's somebody else's fault. Instead of like, you know, because I, and I go back and, and I made this mistake and Debbie, so if you don't know who Debbie Larson is, she's the direct, I don't know what her title is at cheer sport, but she runs cheer sport. Like she is, she is the cheer sport queen. And years ago, so this is before they were varsity. It was, uh, it was tumbling and it used to be. So when we think about synchronized, like if you throw 10 passes or 10 people throw one pass, that's synchronized, correct? Well, the way it was counted 
on that score sheet at that time, if I threw 10 people at the same time, it counted for one skill. And I, I, it was in the rules and I did not read it. And I was livid. And when I say livid, I was, I was in the coach's room doing everything but flip tables. Like I was so pissed and my team, you know, and everybody saw the routine and they did amazing. And we came out and they were, we were, I think there were, there were nine teams and we were eight. We were eight of nine. And I was like, there's no, I'm like, what on earth could possibly have happened? And I went back and I, I was like, there's no way that's such garbage. So, um, day two, <laughs> me being the coach that I was back again, I'm not condoning this. I'm just telling this as a story, but I had to split them up. So I was literally, I had people tumbling solo behind the pyramid just to get the number in. <laughs> like I would, they were, it was like a circus. It was, it was a, it was a, don't do that. Like, don't do that. What I should have done was read the score, read the rule score sheet because it was clearly written, but I did not, you know, we just two weeks before we were on a different score sheet. So okay, everything looks pretty similar. I didn't read the fine print. It wasn't in fine print. Like it was my fault. Um, but our score, because it was 50, 50, I think it was back then it was on like a 400 point scale. So mm -hmm. we were an eight out of nine. And then day two, we had the highest score by like 30 points. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we went from like eighth to seventh. So yeah. uh, that was, that was a humble piece of humble pie that I had to, you know, and I had to go to my parents and say, I messed up, you know, like your yeah. kids, everything I asked them to do. And I went in that, I went in there that night, you know, that first night, Saturday night, and it was everybody's fault, but mine. And Debbie, you know, listen, she, she listened to me say a lot of things that I shouldn't have said. And then she's like, come back in 30 minutes. So then I mm -hmm. left and I came back, cooled down a little bit. And she said, she opened the book and she said, Shay, right here is where it says it. As I don't know what else to tell you. Like you didn't read this line and this is what it says. Yeah. Um, and I, and I have a lot, you know, again, I, a couple weeks later, I really called her up and had a very deep felt apology to her and mm -hmm. also to my kids and my staff, you know, my coaches, you know, my parents, my kids, I, I messed up, you know, but I learned from that. And as I'm sitting here asking you, what is the point range? And I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, which I should know, but before, <laughs> before I went in, I would make sure that I knew that. Um, so yeah. You take responsibility, make sure you, you do it. These, these families are paying a lot of money uh, to be able to go in there and we just, we, we owe it to them to put our best foot forward. There we go. Spoken like a champion. All right, Shay, let's hop into this real quick before we get into our final four questions. We got the all-star coaches tumbling page. Started by you. Oh, I was gonna say yours truly, but that usually means you know me. Yeah. But um, yeah. So tell me about the um, the Facebook tumbling page. Uh, shout the name out one more time so people can um, if there's any coaches on there who aren't on there can follow. Let me look it up. I don't even know what it is off the top of my head. Okay. Hold on. You all know uh, the you all know the the score sheet. We all know the tumbling page name. We got too is, many things in our lives. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, all star tumbling coaches. Um, and it's a Facebook. It's a group. Uh, it's a Facebook group that uh, just people go in there and talk tumbling. Uh, everybody knows of ASGA. And um, there was a time where I just, 
you know, people would go in there like they would ask for, is this legal? And I would go in there and I'd be like, oh, this is, you know, no, it's not legal or yes, it's legal. And they're like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I wrote the rule. I know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. But, you know, <laughs> as polite as I could, I was just like, no, I'm pretty sure, you know. And again, now to this day, if somebody asks me for a rule, I'm like, video it, send it in. Like that is a, mm-hmm. that is your only guarantee. Because if you show up to a competition, you're like, well, Shay told me it was legal. That doesn't, it, it could be legal, but maybe you performed it differently or maybe yeah. what you were typing and, you know, it was different than what I, I'm, I understood it different than what you meant. Um, and so I kind of started backing off of being as involved in there and I got in a group text and I think it was, it started off with like me, Sean Guzman from Top Gun, David Petty, uh, Victor, and we were just like, put something, you know, we'd, we'd video a kid that was struggling on something and be like, oh man, you know, like I've tried every drill. Like, can y'all watch this video? What am I missing? And Victor would be like, Shay, look at a round off. And I was like, yes, I know. I should have done that. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm a dummy. And I should have. So eventually I stopped sending videos and was like, okay, I've already fixed the round off. What else do you see? You know, but sometimes mm-hmm. you get so wrapped up in looking at a kid, you know, looking at the skill and they'll say they're doing a round off handspring full. Like you watch that full so many times because you're trying to fix the full. Mm-hmm. What about the round off or the back handspring? So, yeah. Uh, but it, and he would send drills and Sean would send drills and then David. And then um, I think I moved to Midwest and I was like, oh, you know, can I add, you know, Kyle Bright, you know, added him in the group. And then Sean was adding people and David, and it got to like this group of like 10 people. And it was like, and then finally Victor was like, hey, man, this, my phone is blowing up. Can we like create a Facebook group or something? So, so Sean and I created a Facebook group and it started with like, it was a group text of like 10 people. And I look at it right now, there's 2,300 people that are involved in it, uh, which is from all over the world, um, which is really, really cool to be able to sit there and say like, um, you know, these people, we all love tumbling. You know, there's, there's uh, Amy Boardman's in there. Who's, she was Simone Biles coach. You know, you got uh Wendy Bruce Martin, um, who was an Olympian. Uh, you got, Elliot and there's power tumblers in Finland, you know, so it's people in Australia. It's, it's really cool. I really, really like it. It's, uh, uh, you know, people post in there, Hey, what do you think? And some people like it, some people don't, and you get some suggestions, but you get another set of eyes that, that helps you out and helps you coach. And it's kind of like anything else on the internet. You got to filter the good with the bad and, you know, take what you like and take, you know, kind of ignore what you don't, but, um, it's been really cool. I really like it. I'm really proud. I'm really proud of it. Really proud to see yeah. how it's gone. So. Now, awesome page. Um, it's required reading for our staff. So when they join staff, especially like our younger coaches who don't really have too much experience coaching, even our most experienced coaches, but I'm like, Hey, you got to get in this group and you will find a ton of drills. If like you're struggling with your class and you don't know how to set up, you know, back walkover drills or back answering drills or whatever it is, get in here. And, you know, just search back handspring. You'll see a ton of videos and, you know, so it's a really, really good resource. I've, I've gotten a lot of really good drills out of there and it's cool. A lot of conversations, a lot of debates in there that are just, you know, good that I really feel like move the industry forward, like get us thinking about just different ways to um, view the sport or to view tumbling and really good page. You're doing an excellent job with that page. So shout out to the, uh, the page. Again, if you're a coach, and you're not on that page right now, yeah, get on that page. Definitely a good one. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. 
Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah, man, I'd love to have it. I got to give a shout out to uh, Wendy, uh, Wendy Malone. She has one for preschool tumbling as well, where she like mm-hmm. just... Uh, uh, I think I say this all the time, the growth of Brandon All-Stars, I, I put a lot of it into the growth of, growth of our younger program, and it's uh, mm-hmm. really vital. So she has another one that's just preschool stuff um, that she does a really good job with as well. She just DM'd me, like, within the last week. She just DM'd me. I was like, hey, I was on my drive. I typed in Cheer Podcast you know, I was driving, you know, a pretty long distance typed into your podcast. Your podcast came up, listened to the one with Jeff Benson. That was great. It was awesome. And then, you know, we talked back and forth for a little bit and then she, um, mentioned her preschool check. Like, I have a preschool tumbling page and then I totally forgot about it until just now. So I need to go join that and make sure our coaches get on that too. So yeah. anyway, hers Jay, is, let's get in. Hers is, hers is bigger than mine. So, <laughs> Oh really? There we go. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm joining that one. All right, Shay, let's get into these final four questions. Um, all right, Shay, tell me something. What needs to start, stop, or change in the industry? Uh, what needs to start? Um, I think more people just need to start being a little more – people need to get out there and learn different ways more. You know, they need to start mm-hmm. – I got my – shadowing going to other gyms and sitting and listening and we get so wrapped up into our stuff like people need to start getting it like you can only learn so much within your four walls like if if i'm only learning from jason and jason's only learning from shay then eventually we're gonna max out like we got to get out there more um start stop uh the anon crap's gotta stop i i hate it all it's despicable there's it kind of goes back to zero responsibility Again, I'm not saying I'm not out for criticism, um, as I think everybody is and should be, but put your name to it. Take some responsibility. Take some ownership. If you wouldn't say it to and I tell people, I tell my kids all the time when they go on there and they're like, oh, this person said this. I was like, look, you tell anybody that has a critique that I, and this, this stands, so if you're listening, it stands, I will pay anyone $100 if they can come in and make it through an hour of senior black tumbling, like, my senior black tumble training, like let them take all the criticism you want, like ignore it and, and tell them like mm-hmm. my coach said, hundred bucks, you come in, you deal with us for an hour, you make it through it. I'll give you a hundred dollars cash. And then they all laugh about it. Like, oh, they would never. And I'm like, exactly. Cause they, yeah, it's very easy to sit behind a computer and say like, oh, this is what should be done or shouldn't be done. I'm like, all right, cool. I, I you know what? Maybe you're right. Come in, come in and show me. If you're not going to come in yeah. and show me, keep your mouth shut. Or if you're not going to say it on the, um, if you're not going to say it, oh, if you're not going to say it to my face, then keep your mouth shut. So that's my yeah. thing. Uh, start, stop, change. Uh, again, code of points. <laughs> keep changing. Keep heading that way. <laughs> keep heading that way. There you go. Good stuff, man. All right, here we go. Next question is any rumors, narratives, or myths you want to debunk? 
Oh man, I, I, I am an avid listener to your show and I've been thinking on this forever. <laughs> and I'm like, I get you. I was like, one day I'm going to get on there and I got to answer this question. And rumors miss, um, you know, I guess it, it's true that Brandon doesn't have air conditioning, but it's not true that we don't get what we do have two. They're called big ass fans. They're like helicopter blades. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not too, it's not too bad. We give lots of water breaks. We do give lots of fan breaks. Um, so it's not too bad. So there you go. That was a, that was a good one. It's, it's true. We don't have AC, but we do give water breaks. There you go. That's a good one. I know. It's you know, it's so funny. It's like big gyms just get like the most evil, like they're, they're doing this in the gym. Right. And it's like, are you kidding me right now? It's so funny. Like the things that that people make up about the big gyms in the industry. So anyway, yeah, they don't get water breaks. Um, who else should we have? Yeah. All right. Who else should we have as a guest on the show? Um, Debbie love, you know, you can't go wrong with Debbie love. She's the best. Um, Dana fielding, I think is amazing. Mm, Yeah. Um, Brett Henson. I think is incredible from spirit of Texas. Um, I would also highly recommend, you know, my wife, uh, Kyle Armstrong. He's phenomenal. Um, Jocelyn Mm -hmm. owner, you know, she's phenomenal. Um, The best of the best. There we go, man. Good stuff. Real quick. um, Dana Fielding. That's actually a really good one. I've actually thought about having, like Debbie on like several times. I was like, Oh, you know, but now she's retired. I'm like, Oh, you know, she's probably, she's out of the game. She'll want to come on the show. But, um, but Dana, I have never actually thought about that. And funny story about Dana, um, which I will definitely tell the story if she comes on. But I remember I had a legality in our routine at NCA. This is my last year at PCM. And we had a legality in our routine and we had been trying to win NCA every year. We always came up short. Every year we came up short with our senior three and I knew it was my last year at PCM and I wanted to go out with these kids with, with an NCA um, title. Cause we worked so hard for it, you know, and we go that last year and after day two, we had a fall or something or a tumble bus, maybe both on day one. And so we're behind the eight ball a little bit. And then day two, they hit. And then we get our score sheets back and we have a legality. And I am just distraught, man. And I remember like texting Dana and being like, I just need a place to cry right now. And so I went to AccuScore and just cried in AccuScore. Like I just, you know, the curtains are all back there. And I just cried in AccuScore by myself. And, you know. Eventually came out, told the kids, like, hey, guys, we had a legality. Actually, I didn't find out we had a legality until after um, – like, we were, I, I wasn't able to tell them before. So they're on stage, and I know there's no shot of us winning because we had this legality or whatever. And I'm just, like, trying to tell them, like, hey, guys, it ain't happening. Like, <laughs> it ain't happening. So anyway, that was – so thanks, Dana, for letting me cry in AccuScore. Um, My favorite Dana story is <laughs> I, was coaching at, I was coaching at gym time. And it was me and Debbie and, and Kalen. And if you know, you know, I'm the loud one. Debbie's the quiet one. Kalen like never raises his voice either. And so we had a legality and we walked back there and we were looking at it and we, had, you know, freeze framed it. 
and Caitlin's like in there talking and Dana looks at him and is like, you will not raise your voice. And I started dying laughing. Like I could not mm-hmm. stop laughing. She's like looking at me and I'm like, just for the record, we are backstage and it's Shay, Debbie and Caitlin and Shay mm-hmm. is not the one getting in trouble. Like it was not me. Yeah. Like, I, I could not stop laughing. I was like, just for the record, it wasn't me. It wasn't me this time. Yeah. Good stuff, dude. We gotta have Dana on. That's actually such a good I never thought about having Dana on. That's such oh, a good one. Because I have another really good Dana story that I will save for when she comes the on best. the pod. It's a really good Dana one. Yeah. Okay. Um all right. So where can people they want to follow you or the gym or get in contact with you for BA camps? You know, plug away. Uh SC Flips as uh I got that from Sneed State. <laughs> that was my very first email. Uh, that one of the guys at the gym or that I coach with, he created. So it's SC flips, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'm trying to get a little more involved in TikTok. Uh, that's about the only one. Just, I pretty much let kids, kids video and kids do it. And they wanted me to be the face of it, but they have to come up with the drills and they have to record it and they have to set it up. So that's been pretty neat. So they all like to be involved, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you'll probably just see a lot of pictures of my kid. Um, if you ever want to email me, Shay at BrandonAllStars.com. Um, we have our BA technique program where we send, you know, staff out. They can do stunts, baskets, jumps, tumbling, you know, anything, you name it. And, uh, and we can send them out to you. We'd love to be involved. BrandonAllStars.com. we got all the information. If you're in Jacksonville, Tampa, Wesley Chapel, uh, we love it. Hopefully you'll, you know, if you see us at, um, we got Senior Black will be at the Majors. We got a lot of folks that will be at Indy, Cheer Sport, NCA. So uh, very proud of our program, proud of the staff that we have. Uh, I'm very, very proud to be a part of it. There we go. Hey, Shay, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome back anytime. Hey, man, thank you. Of course. Hey, Let's Talk Cheer Podcast listeners, although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you're a cheer parent and need another cheer parent to relate to and want to hear things from a cheer mom's perspective, then the Cheer Mom Podcast is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer Podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.